Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC, out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats, my face. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the China Shop. Joining me today is the transparent and tenacious Tony Pollock, full-time stock and options trader and coach with Real Life Trading. If you'd like to learn more about today's guest, check out his website at reallifetrading.com, or you can visit their YouTube channel at Real Life Trading. And be sure to stick around to the end for a special offer from Tony to our listeners. Finally, uh, feel free to reach out with your suggestions, corrections, or questions for future guests. You can do that via email at twobulls at financialineptitude.com, or you can join our free Discord server where a bunch of amazing people gather to share our struggles and lessons learned with other like-minded market aficionados. We'll have all those links in the episode description so you can peruse them at your convenience. But now, without any further ado, welcome to the shop. How are you doing today, Tony? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I saw you uh, pop up on, uh, I think we filled out um, a request for guests on podcast. I think podcast guest, is that the one? They send yeah. out the newsletter. And uh, yeah, a lot of times we get a lot of CFAs and CPAs and saw your name and like highlight that one. We're talking to him immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I've, I've got a story to tell. There's no doubt about that. So I'm just happy to be here and share it. I heard some of it on uh, Andrew Stoltz's podcast uh, okay. that you did recently, the um, was it my my worst investment ever? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so I won't spoil it, but uh, <laughs> we kind of just talk about your journey then, because you have a pretty similar journey to a lot of retail traders. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. So starting from the from the get go, um, I've always loved the markets. I've always dabbled in the markets, but I ran a trucking company for my family for years and years, mm. and you know I just felt like I was being pushed to quit that job and dive full-time into trading. So I mean, that's- Who was pushing you? 
who was pushing me um god I, it was just something i had yeah it was yeah it was just this internal like desire that i had it's really what i want i love the markets um i love the lifestyle right i think that's everyone can relate to that i love the mm -hmm. lifestyle that the markets bring and i just felt like i was just being pushed like i just need to do this i could relate to that so well um it's just that when you find something you love and you're doing something you don't it it becomes really hard to do that thing that you don't love it's a hundred percent that it's it makes it even more once i knew i wanted to trade it made my normal job just that much more unbearable can you relate to that I, yes, I know. I was working in the steel industry, and uh, when I decided to take the leap, and <laughs> time will tell if it was a good decision or not. But <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Give it a try. Anyway, sorry. Back to your journey. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. All good, man. Anytime. Um. Uh, yeah. So I we pull the cord. I, I go to my wife. I'm like, "This is what we're gonna do," and she's like, mm -hmm. "Let's do it." I mean, she's crazy supportive, and um, she likes an adventure. She'll like, "Let's do this thing." So we sell everything we have. And we're living in Arizona at the time and we go to Utah. That's where my wife's family's from. So that's, that was one of the pushing factors. She's like, I can go back home. We're like, let's do it. Right. Right. And so we sell everything. We go to Utah, we buy a house. Um, we, I think I have like $30,000 in my trading account and we have some money set aside in savings. And I was like, I'm going to be rich. Let's do this thing. Right. This is what the right. universe is telling me to do. I feel like this is where God's <laughs> telling me to go. How can I fail? And so, yeah, yeah, it, that's, that's the start <laughs> of it, man. It's, <laughs> about a, about a week in, you know, I'm looking at this. This is the first time I've traded with pressure. I've always just traded. And mm -hmm. now it's like, I need to make $5,000 in three weeks, you know? So get right. out there and make it happen. And within the first week, I'm down like five grand. I'm like, okay, I got to make 10 grand in two weeks, you know? And, and it just spiraled from there. And trading full time and that pressure was something I was not prepared for. And we yeah. can discuss a little bit of, of how to prepare for that because I don't want people to make the same mistakes I did. Um, I want everyone to learn from my from my mistakes so they don't have to go through it. Well, we'll touch on that too. <laughs> 100%. But anyway, yeah. So it turns out I lose my entire trading account within about a, I wouldn't say within a, a month or so. I lose the entire thing. So we take our, our savings and we flood it into the trading account like normal, right? Like that's natural. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you reload. And I lose that in a short amount of time. It's gone. Oh. So we have nothing now. We have bills due. Um, I have no savings now. I have no trading account. I've lost it all. And I'm like, I just feel like I'm supposed to be doing this. Let's go get a loan. So I went and got a loan. And that loan lasted probably another month or so, I would guess. And I lost all of that. So I went back to the bank and got another loan. That was gone even quicker. And at that point, all I could get were credit cards after that. So then I just start getting every credit card that I can and I'm cashing them out at like 20, 25% interest rates. Oh my God. Just to put into a trading account. Yeah. And it, it was just, it was a nightmare. I, I mean, falling apart. And by this point, it'd been, I, I would say five or six months into it. And we are just drowning in debt. I mean, have no money, barely paying our bills really off of loans, right? Right. And the trading account is still only at like 15 to 18,000 because I keep taking money out to, to pay for bills and then I'm not really making any money on it. So it just slowly dwindles mm -hmm. until it's gone after three weeks and I go out and try to find more money to fund it again, right? <laughs> right. It was just a nightmare. And I literally cried myself to sleep for six to seven months. It just was, it was the hardest thing I have ever gone through. I went from being very successful in a very comfortable life to I, you know, I should be on food stamps. 
Mm -hmm. And really, there is a change. There is a turning point to this. <laughs> but well, hang on. Before we get to yeah. the turning point, I want to go back to the beginning real quick. And like, how prepared were you? Did you think at the time when you when you took the leap? Like, how much did you think you knew? How much had you studied? Like, did you think you had it figured out already at that oh, point? Yeah. Um, at that point, I've been kind of dabbling in trading, and that's a good word for it, dabbling, um, mm -hmm. for probably three or four years. Okay. So I thought I had a pretty good understanding, and I was trading options that whole time, and that's still what I did when I quit my job. And mm -hmm. um, so I had a good understanding of the markets. Looking back now, I laugh as like, no, I was not. You know, they're even just when just purely <laughs> trading, I did not have the knowledge that I needed to be successful. But more than that you know, the, the emotional control and the knowledge of how to trade with pressure, emotional um, control and pressure, emotional yes. control. It's, you know, I, I think about the markets as if you're trying to court the markets, if you're walking up to a girl and you text and call her every three and a half seconds and you never give her any, you're just always on in her, in front of her face, odds are the girl's going to leave, right? She's not yeah. interested. Mm -hmm. And that's how I treated the markets. I was just like begging for money from the markets. And mm. instead of planning for the best setups, I just took everything and anything that came my way because I needed money so bad. And wow. so to turn it around, you have that guy who sends a text message and then doesn't talk to the girl for two weeks. And then she's, you know what I'm saying? It's a different yeah, approach of like, right, I don't right. need you in my life, but it'd be cool if you were in my life. And that's what you, that's the attitude of approach to the market you need to have is yes, you need like today, I need to make money, but I don't mm. approach it in a needy way. I sit back as yes. I need money, but I'm going to plan my entries. I'm going to sit back. I'll be patient. So for three weeks, I might not make a dime, but right. I know on that fourth week, it's going to start loading up because I took the best trades possible. So exactly, um, exactly. It's that was kind of the shift. Yeah, I, I far from those skills. I got those skills through hard knocks <laughs> Okay, so and realizing what I was doing wrong and, and right. So well, the, the picture that you're painting right now sounds very dire. So like that turnaround couldn't have been overnight, could it? No, no, it wasn't. Um, it's funny because there was a turning point that happened overnight, but it was still a long journey to get myself out of the hole. Yeah. And that turning point was my wife and I, um, we would, we budgeted like $10 a week for groceries. That's all we had that we oh, had nothing, wow. man. It was, it was the roughest point of my life. And I tell my wife all the time, she can buy whatever the heck she wants now Yeah, because I put her through the worst that anyone financially could go through. <laughs> Um, and the fact that she stuck with it and, and continued to support me, even though I continued to lose everything we had week after week after week and promising her, Hey, this is going to work eventually. I just know it. God's telling me it's going to work. It's just not yet. Can I ask you and, uh, another question then? Uh, yeah. I don't know if this is getting too deep into your relationship, but were you involving her with everything that you were doing at the time or were you trying to hide it? Oh, that's a great question. I involved her from the get go from everything. Yeah. So, um, thank God for that. It got, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think if I would have hit it, it would have made things 10 times worse. Oh yes. But yeah. And so every single day I was updating her on exactly what our status was mm -hmm. and she had to grow just as much as I had to grow. Right. You know, she at, at the start, she'd be like, you know what I could have bought with that $5,000 and it's just gone. Right. Oh yeah. And she went from that thinking to playing the game because there is a game to be played in the stock market. And if you know how to play the game, you'll be successful. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you're just going to fall. Like you'll, you'll be exactly, you know, early Tony trading. Right? Right. <laughs> it's just a nightmare. Or I any of us. The game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So we, we both had to evolve and really it was my wife mm -hmm. that, 
started to truly change things. So with this groceries, we literally have cans of beans and some corn. Like that is what we have to eat and some ramen. Yeah, like and, the, the Thanksgiving donation box that everyone gets rid of their exactly. cans of cream corn. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so these people come to do a food donation and that's my wife gives them everything we have. And I'm saying everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, I was so mad at her. And she turned to me. She's like, I'm tired of living in fear. I am tired of squeezing on to everything that I have. And it's time to just let it go. I'm tired of money. I'm tired about just everything. She's just exhausted with everything. I love and, that. Yeah. And it hit me like nothing had ever hit me in my entire life. And I was like, I need to take that approach to the markets. Yeah. I'm going to go take that next trade and I am not going to care if it wins or loses. I'm going to take my setup. I'm going to let the dumb thing work. If it loses, it loses. I am done caring. Now, not being reckless. I didn't just go throw money at some, like I planned that. But the problem was at that point, I was over me. I was, I wasn't accepting the loss Mm -hmm. and I thought I was, but I wasn't (laughs) at all. And I wasn't ever letting anything work. You know, I wasn't playing the game. Well, why don't you explain the game then? Let's, let's, I'd like to hear that. Let's do it. So let's play this game of flipping a coin. Okay. On heads, you get paid a thousand dollars. On tails, you pay me 300 bucks. Flip it as many times as you want. (laughs) Yeah. Unlimited coin flips. Let's play that game. Right. And, And I think most logical person will say, yeah. And so they start playing that game and they flip the coin and it lands on tails. And you're like, okay, I'm down 300 bucks. All right. Mm-hmm. It lands on tells the second coin flip. I'm down $600. Ugh. Let's flip it again. It lands on tells the third time. And now they're down $900 and they start to freak out. What if it lands on tails one more time? I, I'll be down so much money. And, and what if, and what if, and, and they should start to spiral, right? Mm-hmm. And when all they need to do logically is go back to the thinking that we just had of, yeah, let's play that game. Right. Because what's the, what's the logic? The logic is it could land on tails three times in a row. But flip the coin enough times and it's going to start to even its way out. And you're making way more money on heads than you're losing on tails. Yep. Yep. We've had that same exact scenario proposed to us by uh, Rich Friesen uh, when we were okay. doing our uh, uh, trading psychology miniseries. Man, it, and it's, it's, it's hard to get into that mindset, though. It's almost like you need to be bombarded by the stats enough to where you believe it. Because like you said, you take those three tails in a row and then suddenly you're questioning everything again. Yeah. So yeah. how do you... Like, how do you keep that faith in your setups and your systems then, even when you are taking drawdowns like that? Man, exactly what you said. Back trade, back trade, back trade. You've got to be so confident in the long run. So I went back as far as the charts would take me Mm -hmm. and I would back trade and back trade literally for 10 hours a day. I would trade and then I would spend until like 11 o'clock at night back trading. As Mm -hmm. soon as the markets closed, I was at it. The markets closed like two o'clock at my time in Utah. Yeah. And- so every day I just spent every waking moment in my life back trading and gaining confidence in it because as I was back trading, I'm like, man, I'm losing. I'm just losing. I'm just losing. And I'm recording every single, every single back trade exactly the way I would trade it, recording the results, exactly the dollar amount, mm-hmm. the, you know, everything. And it's funny because as I was doing it, I was like, man, there's, I, if I look at my PL, it's probably way down just like I am. And after 150 trades, I looked at it and I was up a lot and I was like, what, really? You know, I, I've yeah. lost so much. Like, how am I profitable? And I go back through and sure enough, you know, the math was in my favor. And, and when you don't have those emotions, when it loses, you do your best to lose small. Yep. And when it wins, you, you do your best to win big. And that's the game. Mm-hmm. That is the game of trading. That's all it is. People think the game of trading is winning on trades and not losing. Yeah. It's that just, is. It's like in poker. Like if the game is to win as many pots, then you would never fold. But, yeah. But you can win the most pots and still lose the most money. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's if you're playing the game, you're not trying to win and avoid losing. You are simply having an edge that gives you a 50-50 shot, a coin flip. Right. And you are sitting back with an open mindset of if the markets give me a chance to win, I'm going to win big. Mm-hmm. If the markets give me a chance to lose, I'm going to lose small. So losing becomes part of my strategy. And instead of me avoiding losing and being scared to lose, that in that pivot point that day, I started to change the way I thought. And I was like, I am no longer scared to lose. Losing is going to be a part of my strategy, a part of my plan. And that's when everything changed because I still had losses on trades. But before, when I was losing, I would hope that it would turn around. Uh, and when I was winning, I was scared I was going to give up the win. And so I would get out for a small win and I would get out for a large loss. Oh, like yes. The math was completely in reverse, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember the first time I learned about expectancy and all that. Like, yeah, that was a huge, uh, that was a huge turning point in my life too. Yeah. Like, oh, you like, I'm going to go broke if I keep taking 10 cents on every options trade, but yet eating a 50% loss every time. Like, uh, th- yeah. it's not sustainable. It, it's not. It, it's so funny because it, it takes like, I coach a couple thousand hours a year with students one-on-one in the mm-hmm. stock market. Um, I trade full-time, but it's my passion to help others because I think my road was so hard that I just don't, there's no need. It, it's such a waste in my, it, my, my past is such a waste unless I help someone not go through that same thing. And that's yeah. just the way I view it. Well, the question I always like to ask people is if somebody had tried to step in and help you, like, do you think you would have learned those lessons or is that something that you just kind of have to go through yourself almost? Yeah, I guess it's the mindset because you can go through it yourself. The problem is most people won't stick around long enough to win. Yeah. To get on the other side, because yeah. I tell you what, it, you know, I said it was a long road getting my way out. Uh-huh. Um, I developed a strategy. Um, with credit spreads, I, I problem solved. I'm like, I need consistency. Mm-hmm. I don't need up and down. I need consistency. I like selling options. I need this. The problem is with my size trading account, I can make $300 a month. How can I make 1500 a week Right. <laughs> with right, a $15,000, right. right? Yeah. So I, I developed this strategy. I backed out. So that I was back trading just over and over and over again. And I figured out it worked mm-hmm. and I started implementing it. And sure enough, we start making money. Well, I still was making mistakes. And so I would go three months of paying our bills but my account was never growing because I was, I would make a thousand five hundred and that money's out to go pay bills. Like it was yeah. never growing the account. Right. 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 So as soon as I made a mistake, I was having, I was a pretty heavy size on that account because I had to. Right. Um, I would go backwards pretty far. So that was, that was a mistake that I, you know, it was a long road out that yes, I'm finally paying my bills, but I would learn, okay, don't do that over earnings or, or don't do this. Don't unravel the spread when I've got, you know, 20 contracts on Amazon when it used to cost thousands of dollars. <laughs> and all of a sudden I just wiped 20 grand off the shelf in 10 seconds. Like I just made all these mistakes that again, now that I've learned, people can pay money to learn. I promise you, I would have lost a lot less money if I would have just reached out to Jeremy Newsom, who's my mentor now. Uh-huh. And just been like, let me pay you 50 grand to teach me how to do this. At least show me what not to do. Right. Because instead I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars making the classic mistakes, right? Yeah, but see, the funny thing is like when I, Dan and I, we started this podcast uh, three years ago when we, right about the time we started our journey, like trying to go, uh, uh, like learning the markets. And then uh, I think maybe six months after that, we both made the leap to try to do this full time and Mm. still trying, but you know, we're getting there. (laughs) Uh, not losing money anymore, but I'm not really making it either. But that's, you know, the next step on the the path is usually uh, consistently flat. Yeah. But um, 
like we've had people come in with like with amazing products and lessons and classes and like they've given them to us like just uh, because of the fact that we host a podcast and i tell you even with all that information like i go back and look at it now i'm like oh that's what that means shit i had no idea mm. <laughs> like oh that's why risk was important oh okay that's what you know what i mean like yeah like you still don't know what you don't know and like how can a mentor like help you like how can they make up for that experience gap like stress that importance to you i'm just curious yeah so let's give an example of what i'm doing with my students so most of my students walk in and i go all right what's going on show me your trades walk me through what you've been doing and they're putting the effort in mm -hmm. but they're running the wrong direction so a lot of the times like my students would put a lot of effort in but they would bounce to a new strategy every three days when one wasn't immediately working yep and so you know they they put a lot of effort in but it was going the wrong way like i'm a big golfer and people struggle with golf because they think like one example i need to get the club underneath the golf ball to get it in the air mm -hmm. when in reality it's the changing it's like i'm actually hitting that ball on the way down right i'm, I'm it's thinking about hitting the ball on the way down not scooping underneath it mm -hmm. and so the reason why people struggle with golf is because it's so counterintuitive to what your brain sees ah, okay. trading is the exact same way yeah trading requires you to think so different than what you naturally feel mm -hmm. and so i would walk to my student and be like you're working so hard and like it's been three years and i'm just not getting it it's like you're putting all the effort in but you're trying you're you're spending eight hours a day on the range trying to get underneath the golf ball you're doing it wrong right you're reinforcing the wrong things mm -hmm. and it's my job to kind of help turn them around and say okay i've at least shown you where to run to what direction you need to focus on where you need to go take all that effort and start going the other way, right? Go the right way on this path and you'll start to get it. Mm -hmm. Most people struggle in the markets is because it a mentor is going to help them to see which direction they should be running. You can mm -hmm. put all the effort in and you can watch as many things as you want to watch, but a mentor truly does point you and make sure that your effort's going in the right direction because naturally we our, our natural instincts are going to cause us to lose in the markets every single time. Our natural instincts are... When we see green, we take it. And when we see red, hope it'll come back. Right. And that's the exact opposite of what we should be doing. Right. Yes. <laughs> it's just one little example. Um, but it's there's so many of those things that cause us to lose a lot of money as we're learning that. And if you just had a mentor to go, no, 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 that's the wrong way of thinking from the get-go. Think this way and practice this. At least you know you're in the right direction as you're working on it. And it's still a process. It's not like an overnight thing. Right. But the it, mentor was but crucial for me. It's more like a guide. Like he's someone that's going to help yeah. point you in the right direction, but you still got to walk from point A to point B. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll show them. Another thing too is, you know, I, I tell people this all the time. I'm a really big price action trader. Mm -hmm. Okay. Naturally, people look at, at strategies. Now I have awesome strategies and they're great, but I could give you the world's greatest bull strategy. And if you do it in a bear market, you're going to get crushed. Right. right? Yeah. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm keen on is I teach people how to read the charts. The charts are going to give you an idea of if it's going bullish or bearish. And more importantly, the charts are going to tell you where it's wrong mm -hmm. so that I can set myself up to put the math in my favor of losing small and winning big. And it's kind of like a car. If your car doesn't start, I use this analogy all the time, but if your car doesn't start, you don't just go out and get a pair of pliers. Like you first need to find out like what is wrong with a car. Okay. The battery's dead. What tools do I need to take the battery off? Yeah. It's the same thing. A strategy is just a tool. It's the tool that you use to make money. But if you don't diagnose the markets correctly, 
it doesn't matter if you have a pair of pliers like that might not that might not help you get your car started right you got to figure out what's wrong with it first so diagnose the markets yeah and the setups are your tools and you got to know what tool to deploy in what situation exactly yep. yeah and so a lot of people are like should you should you do this or do that i'm like well it depends i mean right now i'm not doing a whole lot of stuff overnight because the markets are so extended bullish mm -hmm. i'm doing a lot more day trading and you know this and that because i want to get in and out because whenever the markets are this high it's just a matter of time before they start to pull back right you know it's so it's it's not this like people look at stuff i've done a year ago and they're like wow you do this a lot i'm like I, yes at that time <laughs> and i still do that a lot but right now in this circumstance this is what i've diagnosed this is allowing me to control my risk the best and this is how I'm pulling in profits while I'm waiting for a pullback so I can get in at a better entry type thing for longer term plays or whatever, et cetera. Right, right. So uh, let's um, let's go back to what you're talking about with trading under pressure then. So how did how did were you able to actually cope with that? How were you able to turn things around still with that pressure on you? Because that pressure never went away. No, no. And it's still here today. Yes. Right? yes. It was a full time trader. Um, yeah. You know what? The number one thing, the number one thing to cope with pressure Again, it's it's going to be the backwards way of thinking, but that's what's going to make you successful. If you think like the ninety percent, you're never you're going to be like the ninety percent. They're not going to make any money. You've mm -hmm. got to think like the ten percent. You've got to accept the loss. Number one, meaning most people when they're down on money, they're too scared to lose more money. Yep, that's your natural instinct. So instead, you've got to reverse that around. And I'm not saying lose, put more on. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is you have to not be scared to lose money. So you have to stick to the plan. Yes. You have to be willing to put that edge out there, understanding your risk, controlling your risk and losing small when you're wrong. And when the markets give you a chance to win, to not take your profits too soon before your plan's telling you to. Right. Right. Yep. To let it, let it go in your favor. You need big winners to stay alive in the stock market. Mm -hmm. And it's trading under pressure. First things first is getting yourself into that right mindset where I am not scared to lose. People ask me all the time, like, how are you so brave? I'm like, I'm not brave. I'm just not scared of either scenario. There's nothing to be brave about. I'm not scared to lose. So and I'm not scared to win. How do you get to that mindset, though? Like, did you have to almost like go through because it sounds like you got pretty close to like a rock bottom almost to where like, hey, this is yeah. the worst it can get. Like, OK. Yeah, I, I can go get a job then. I mean, that's problem <laughs> yeah. solved, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah, well, really, that's what it is. That's what I do with my students. I have them go through a worst scenario exercise. Your brain always goes to the extremes and it's usually not true. Mm -hmm. When I was scared to fail when I was first starting, right? Yeah. I, my, my family basically said, good luck. You're going to lose everything you have, mm -hmm. right? And I was like, I'm going to prove them wrong. Um, and it turns out that, you know, it's funny because losing everything I ever had was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Uh huh. Um, but still, you know, in that moment, my brain was like, this is your only chance to have to trade. If you fail on this, you'll never trade again. Yeah. And I thought that and believed that for months. And every single trade I would go into, I'd be so scared to lose on because losing on a trade, I wasn't playing the game, right? Losing on a trade means I'm going backwards. Winning on a trade means I'm going forward. Yeah. So as soon as the trade went to a loser, I'm like, oh, it only lost if I get out of it. So let's see if it'll reverse. <laughs> and it's just it's a nightmare, right? Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until I started challenging that worst case scenario. And I was like, you know what? I'm so scared of worst case scenario. Is it really true? And for, I started challenging that. Like, is this the only time I can ever trade? No. If I fell at this, I can just go get a job, get some more money, and then come back and try trading again. It's not like this is my only time in my right. life to ever do yeah. this. Yeah. Right? 
So I started going, once I realized that, I was like, my brain has been telling me lies. Like everything, the real anchor behind my the, my emotions in trading, the majority of them were based on lies. Like, no, I, I this isn't my one and only shot to trade full time. I can trade again in six months after I raise, you know, gain some more money. Right, right. <laughs> like, whatever, <laughs> right? And then again, it's it's facing that worst case. And that's one of the keys that you can, that you can build and some of those tools that you can have to start trading under pressure. I love that, by the way, yeah. that the worst case scenario, I'm going to probably do that tonight once we wrap up here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you It's there. a powerful <laughs> thing. No, you're good. It really is a powerful thing. And that was the start. That was one of the tools I had because once I was no longer scared of worst case scenario, mm -hmm. and you don't have to get to the end of your rope to realize this. Right. Right. A lot of students are like, do I need to lose everything to be successful? Like, no, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't losing everything that made me successful. It was losing everything finally caused me to think differently. Right. So if you just start thinking differently right now, you don't have to lose everything. Losing everything is the catalyst to make you think different. Yep. But if I can help you think different right now, you don't have to lose everything. Ah, that's profound. It's profound, but so simple too. So simple. Yeah. So why is it so hard? It's like a thousand, walking a thousand <laughs> miles. It's so simple, but yet <laughs> it's hard. So why is it so hard? Because it's the, it's the hardest way to make an easy living. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think the stock market requires, so here's another thing I live by. The stock market's going to show you what you personally need healed. Interesting. It's a, it's a revealer of yourself. The stock market is just yeah. a mirror. Oh, I'd agree with that. Yes. Yeah. And so the stock market requires you not just to learn a skill, but to become your best self. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it so hard because most people hate themselves. That's just the truth. They, they, they do everything they can to hide from who they are. They, they put on a show. They don't show people their weaknesses. They, they just look at, you know, social media. It's all glam and glorious, but there's never anything real on there. Yeah. Otherwise you'd see a lot more losses on Reddit. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. And that's one of the reasons why I love real life trading is we post everything good and bad. Like that's what, you know, separates us and a lot of these other people um, is if you can find someone that posts everything, then you'll see is like, this is why it's real life. Like you, we've had some bad years. We've had some really good years and it's a long-term game. Yeah. And the even right now, like this year, has not been a great year for me. I double my trading account every year since I've been a professional trader. Hmm. This year, even the first I, year, what's that? Even the first year, the first year within, let's see. Yeah. So I mean, I only had a 15 or $20,000 trading account, but towards the end, oh, I was doubling okay. my account every three months. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 From yeah. the, from that balance, not from, the, from that, balance, not from what correct. you put in initially. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. say, that, was so that first year. year I was down. <laughs> But okay. every year since then, yes, All right. I have been profitable, doubling my trading account profitably. Um, but yeah, so this has been the first year really where price action has been a little screwy this year and I missed things and then I was waiting for pullbacks that would never come. So mm -hmm. I've been sitting on my hands a little bit. So the first two or three months out of the year were kind of wishy-washy. And then I've been just waiting to get in at certain levels that I see appealing. And I am not a... I'm. First off, I'm a very patient trader. That's what the markets have taught me to be because I've not, I was not a very patient person. None of us are, but I've learned to be patient. Yeah. Um, that's one of the, one of the key attributes that you can develop as a trader is patience will make you the most money, more than probably anything or a tied up there with most everything. I'm gonna have to ask you for some exercises to help with patience too. If you have any, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'll, uh, we, we can, we can definitely go over that. I'll, um, 
see if if I can't walk you through some of this stuff here. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. I know one of the favorite things that I do that I I fall back on whenever I find myself slipping in patience and it starts to become more of a theme is that I'll take a week off and do nothing but observing. And sometimes there's something about just sitting and watching a chart and counting the opportunities that you get that makes it so much easier the next week to be able to sit and wait for one. Yeah. Because in the moment, it feels like this, it's like, this is the trade. If I don't get this trade, then I'm done. I'm not going to another trade today, but that's bullshit. There's... Yeah always another trade maybe five minutes maybe an hour maybe a day maybe a week but there'll be another trade yeah there's there's always another one and again your emotions the natural man the natural woman right Mm -hmm. your emotions naturally are just going to be this is it's all about today you live and die today you make money today you're a hero you lose money today you're a failure yep right and over time it just burns you out because the ups and downs just destroy you whereas a professional trader, the, the different, the 10% of the people actually being successful, I'm basing myself on, did I lose small when I had an opportunity to lose small? Did I win big when I had an opportunity to win big? That's all I judge myself on. Interesting. Right? Yeah. So just changing that. And, and to get patience, it's there's a lot that goes into it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I always feel like I can improve it though. Yeah, 100%. And that's the same thing with me. It's one of those things where I feel like it's it's hard to master, but you definitely look back and you can see how far you've come with it, right? Yeah, yes. Um, well, that's the same thing with trading too. Like, uh, does anybody ever fully master it? Like, it's kind of like practicing medicine or law. Like, you're practicing every day. Yeah, yeah, it, exactly. It's improvement, right? Constant yes. improvement. That's yes. what the markets require. Yes. Um, one of the keys to gaining patience is perspective. Okay. If you can just zoom out a little bit more, it's a lot easier to be patient on a trade when you realize this trade really doesn't mean anything. This trade's not making me rich and this trade's not going to make me broke. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're putting the right size on it, I trade with 1% of my trading account per trade. Yep. I'm not blowing up my trading account if I lose and I'm not a billionaire if I win, right? Yep. It, it just doesn't mean anything. Like do this, try trading with $5. Mm-hmm. Like if I win, I make six bucks. If I lose, I, I lose a couple of dollars, right? It's like, it's not even interesting enough to even look at the charts. It, who cares? I, I just, I don't really care the outcome of this trade. That right there is the peak trading mindset. Mm-hmm. You take that same approach with $20,000. You know, if I had $20,000 risk on this trade, if I'm wrong, I lose 20 grand. If I'm right, I make 40. It's the exact same mindset, but money ties so much into that because all of a sudden yeah. a definition that 20,000 is a lot of money and $5 isn't, right? Right. Well, and even with the $5, I mean, like throw that on uh, like a $5 option. Like, okay, if that expires worthless, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're talking about 20,000. I'm not letting that expire worthless. Are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. So that's where that math comes back into of that 20 grand that should be 1% of your trading account. Yeah. So it's a lot of money, but proportionally, is it really that much money? No. Proper right? sizing sounds like one of the key components. Key components. Proper sizing is one of the secrets to success. You will not blow up your trading account because of lack of skill. You blow up your trading account because of the wrong sizing. Yeah. Every single time. Yep. Every single time. Yeah. And I think, I think the first time I saw that chart that shows like how much you need to recover from like a 10% loss, a 20% loss, all the way down to a 90% loss, like that is really eye opening too. Because a 90% loss in your trading account, it's not a hundred percent to get back to break even. No, you need like 1800% to get yeah. back to break even. And if you can't control those losses and you let them spiral out, it can get spiraled really quickly and be almost insurmountable. Yeah. And, and that's where patience comes in is that perspective and expectations is the second part. Because if you have the expectation that you're going to make back money in three hours or a week and you'll be you know fine, you tend to put a lot more size on trying to make that happen. And so again, it's flipping a coin. I don't know. I don't know if my trade's going to win or not. All I know is that if it doesn't win, I'm losing small. And if it does win, I'm winning big. That's the only thing I know. Mm -hmm. It's flipping a coin. I can't be like, Hey, it's heads. Oh, it was heads. See, I'm the smartest person in the world. I said that would land on heads. Like, I don't know. But we still do that every time, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> what? We still do. It's, it's just this ego thing. Yeah. It's so ego driven. But really, when it comes down to it, talk to any successful trader and they're like, I don't know if this trade's going to win or not. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a coin flip. I don't know. Heads or tails. It's, it's, it's a fight. And that's what I look for. I want to know that I'm at least at a spot where they're fighting because I know somebody's <laughs> going to win. Yeah. If it goes against me. Exactly. And that's the cool thing yeah. is once you learn price action, really, like I can look at it and go, the bull should be right here. Mm -hmm. So as soon as they're not, I can get out of the trade and lose very small. Right. Um, and once they are, I know this is going to be a big winner and I can win big. So the best traders in the world, they're able to magnify the math. So first off, if people aren't making money, it's because your math is wrong. You're losing big and winning small. Mm -hmm. Okay normally has to do with you have a strategy that's not a 50-50, you haven't actually tested it, or your emotions aren't letting that strategy pay out. Uh, yep. Or any combination. <laughs> yeah. Any combination or both. Yeah. If, if you're a break-even trader, a lot of the times it has more to do with the emotional side of things, Yep. but it can also be that your entries just are not, they could be better. So for me, I always pride myself on when everyone's making a one-to-one -one risk re return, mm -hmm. I'm getting two-to-one and I'm doing that by my entry. Yeah. I'm using price action to go, this is an obvious, like look at a hammer, right? On a, Everyone knows what a hammer is for the most part. Right. Everyone gets in above the hammer on the top and they put their stop below it. Well, I don't want to move my stop up tighter. That's one way to, uh, you know, uh, get a higher risk reward. I don't want to move my stop. I want to keep my stop where it needs to be. So what can I move? My entry. Move your entry. Yep. So how could I get a better entry off of this? Well, if that hammer's on a five minute, could I go to a two minute and look? And that's going to give me different price action. And now I can start to get in at a better price, not at the top of the hammer. So by the time everyone's getting in, I've already made a one-to-one -one return. Mm -hmm. When everyone's getting out for a one-to-one, -one, I made a two-to-one and vice versa. So I'm just increasing the math on top of everything else. And I'm using price action to help me do that. Mm -hmm. And if it's not bouncing, instead of me waiting to lose a full risk unit, I'm getting out for you know 30% of what I was willing to risk because it didn't work right where I needed it to, right where it should have. Scratching is an art that has so far, I think, eluded me. I have gone back and looked at my stats and like I'll scratch and be right you know, six out of 10 times, 
But the math, when I'm shooting for a two to one risk reward, is actually costing me money to scratch out of those six trades. Yeah. So I have actually kind of gone the other way. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to let the brackets do their job. If I put the trade on, I should be accepting the risk. I should be letting it work. Let the bracket take you out. A hundred percent. Yeah. So a hundred percent agree on that. When you build your skills now, Mm -hmm. and especially when it comes to price action, where you're able to read and then go, all right, so the chart's telling me this is going bullish. Okay. Yeah. The charts are also showing me exactly where I'm wrong. So my key is if I'm getting in when everyone else is getting out, meaning if I'm getting in around where people's stops are, uh, yes. it's either going to work or it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I can really manipulate that math because how often do you get stopped out of a trade just to have it go to target? Yeah. Um, I think that was one of the first key pieces of advice we got was put your entries where your stops were. Yeah. and see if that doesn't improve things for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really all that's doing is just you're right. My, my stop is in a better location and I'm using price action to go, look, is it still in a bull trend? Yes. If it comes all the way down to where everyone's stops are, is it still bullish? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then cool. I'll take it. If it's like, no, nah, that would break everything and it's going bearish. I have very specific rules. And again, I, I teach all this stuff, but mm-hmm. um, it's, it's hard to show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, but, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's really, that's going to be the secret to, if you really want to start getting that, number one, you've got to let the emotional side of being break even is you're not letting the trade work. Mm-hmm. So that's step number one. That's why I said I agree with you of just letting letting the brackets work. Um, your, your, your strategy should be what's allowing you to lose small and win big. Yeah you got to let the strategy work. Once you get to that point where it's no longer the emotional side, now you can start to leverage that math even more in your favor. Mm. Or now I'm hitting three, four, five risk units when everyone else is hitting one or two. Right. And I simply did that through getting a better entry, not needing the confirmation that everyone else need because I know how to find confirmation in other ways. Mm-hmm. So no, that makes a lot of sense. And it, and it takes time, right? It's, I'll now granted I can show you how to do it and that speeds up, right? What what took me three years, you can now learn in a month. Right. Because I was just kind of, I don't know, just giving it a shot, shooting in the wind, right? I didn't have someone there to give me direction. And you gotta try a bunch of things to know that okay, like this path led nowhere. But fortunately you gotta spend a bunch of time walking down a bunch of paths and figuring yeah. out which way leads up the mountain. Exactly. And then the next thing is that I found that was really successful. We talked about credit spreads. Mm-hmm. Credit spreads involve selling an option. Yeah. Um, and I, I teach this really simply. It sounds very complex, but it's like, I'll, you know, when you're first learning how to drive a car, I'm not going to be like, okay, you press the gas and that sends an electronic signal over to this. And then it sends it, you know, fuel into the <laughs> cylinder. No, right, right? right. Gas is go, brake is stop. And so I teach a lot of options that way too, because when I first started, I didn't know everything about options, but I was profitable, mm-hmm. right? Um, because as long as I knew what not to do for the most part, and I knew the general gist of how they worked, they were no longer scary. Mm-hmm. Um, before I was very, very scared of options because this, but once you understand that, I, I'm more scared of shares, right? Options, I have a max loss. Right. Shares, I don't. Yeah. They can just keep going. I am technically down to zero, I guess, right? They but, could, but the chances of that is it happens, but it's a lot less frequent. It's yeah, it's uh, very, very low. And so with credit spreads, what I'm doing is the benefit of that is it gives me a cushion. Mm -hmm. So let's say the stock's at a hundred dollars and I sell a credit spread down at 50 bucks. I win as long as it stays above $50. Yeah. So 
it gave me that cushion and that's what I needed to start being successful because I wasn't great at being perfect, but I was really good about not being dead wrong. Right. And as long as I wasn't dead wrong, I would make money. And so I just kept solving problems of the downside with, you know, credit spreads have a 90% win rate. That's awesome. At least my strategy does. Mm -hmm. It's really, really good. The downside is I have to risk a lot more to make a little, right? Right. I'm risking a little more than I'm making. So yeah, the question is, does that 10% loss wipe out all the 90% gains? Exactly. So then I started going, here's my problem with credit spreads. Mm -hmm. They, when you lose, they wipe out six months of wins. So how can I offset that? So then I started building and I just would look at problems and go, how can I change this? Yeah. All right. What if I sold my spreads in areas where using price action and I'll, I teach everyone how to do this, by the way, if, if, again, if you're like, man, I don't get this, it's okay. I don't have a, I don't have a screen to show you, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. we using price action to go, if we get below this, it's bearish. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I could sell my spread underneath that. And using that previous example, the stock's at hundred dollars. I sell at 50 at $75. If it gets below that, I know it, there's a high probability it's going to 50. So then I can go in and hedge. I can buy puts. And what I'm going to do is those puts are going to make more money than that credit spread is going to lose by the time it gets to 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just start figuring out a hedge plan. And that hedge plan is super successful. So even when I'm wrong, I've turned those into winning trades. Mm-hmm. So I have a 90% win rate and then a game plan to walk me through if I am wrong, which happens 10% of the time minimum. Um I have a way to work my way out of that. Yeah. And so that's the reason why I was able to start being successful. And, and that was kind of the strategy that I built when I was first starting out, because it was so hard to be perfect when I didn't have the skills that I have now. And even now it's hard to be perfect, but going directionally, you have to be perfect, especially with options. You have to get the timing and direction perfectly correct. Yep. Or else you're losing, right? When you sell um, it though, it's a lot more forgiving. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and that's the goal is, right? It's like, how can I give myself a cushion so I don't have to be perfect? But I just, if I'm dead wrong, okay, I'm dead wrong. Well, but, what, it, what it sounds like what you did is that you actually put together a fully functional trading plan. Like you've examined all the different scenarios that are likely to happen. And now you have a plan for what to do when those scenarios happen. And I think a lot of us as traders, we forget that part. We only plan one aspect of it or... Yeah. Or we, you know, we have an idea what we want to do when price gets here, but when that doesn't happen, then we get stuck to that idea and trying to force it to happen when, as opposed to being open and seeing what really is happening. That was such a great point. A hundred percent. And that was my first strategy that I really just, I, I took a different approach, right? Of like, oh, a hammer works. Let me just see. If I, like, this was a strategy where I was like, what's every single problem with this strategy? What is every single con with this strategy? Mm-hmm. And I made this strategy addressing every single downside that I could. Mm. And it got even, you know, to a point where I'm like, even worst case scenario, I'm I'm going to limit how much I can lose, even if I don't get a chance to hedge it. Cause there's sometimes it just gaps all the way to it. Right. Right. I don't, I don't get a chance to buy a put overnight. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what do I do then? Right. And so this strategy just walks through and it is, it's, it, it walks through every single scenario that I've faced over the years. And by the way, this is still my go-to strategy all these years later that, I use to pay my bills every month. Mm-hmm. I day trade and I do everything else, but this is still my go-to strategy because it's just, it's worked and it's, it uses price action, which never goes out of style. It sets yourself up. And then when you are wrong, it gives you a game plan of exactly what to do. What do you do in this scenario? What do you do when it does gap? What yeah. do you do when you need to do this or that? What do you do when it's working? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and the cool thing is, is that naturally, whenever people are selling options, they do a theta play. Theta is time decay, right? So you, 
you're just holding out for time. Right. For me, I looked at that. And again, I was kind of rushed because I'm like, I don't have time to hold a month, right? I need to make money. So I kind of changed it and I made it more Delta based, which is involving a little bit more of the movement of the price of the stock. Yeah. And so what I would do is I would sell my credit spreads at the most opportune time that not only pays me the most money, but if it reverses, I can win a lot faster on a reversal than I would theta. So I'm getting out of these credit spreads in, in a day or two mm. when everyone else is holding on for a month. Right. Okay. They get into it when the price is at a hundred dollars and I wait for it to get to $75 and then it bounces from $75 back to a hundred where they're getting back to break even. I've already captured 70% and I'm bouncing out. Yeah. So yeah. that's one of the reasons why I'm able to have such huge returns. Um, you know, two to 400% return on investment with this strategy is because I am getting paid more than most people. Most people are trying to get paid, you know, 2%, 3% of their risk. I'm getting paid 20% of my risk. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm doing 10 times the volume because I'm getting in and out in two or three days when everyone else gets in and waits until it expires worthless in 30 days. Ah, that's another good point. Yeah. Time is finite. Yeah. So if you can set yourself up again, the entry and I'm able to sell a lot closer because I have a game plan if I'm wrong and it's still very far away, but it's closer than what most people would do because I've realized my risk is always the same with credit spreads. It's mm -hmm. the difference between the short and the long strike. Yeah. So why not get paid more for that same risk? It's actually less risk that way because if I'm selling a five Delta and I'm only getting paid a hundred dollars a spread, I'm still risking $5,000 to make that hundred bucks. Right, right. If I get paid $700 for that spread and I'm still risking, I know it's less because you're, but for easy math, you're risking five grand for that. I can make my money back way faster than someone that's only getting paid $100. And that's what I'm saying. It wipes, one loss wipes out six months. Well, not with me. Right. Um, first off, I always get out when it gets to my sold strike. Mm -hmm. um, so you should lose about 30% of your max loss. So if you're risking five grand, you're going to lose like 1500 bucks. If I'm getting paid $700 a spread, I can make back that loss in two credit spreads and I'm in the green again. Right. And I average 10 or 20 wins in a row with credit spreads before I see one or two losses. Um, and, and by the way, those losses, I mean, hedges, right? I usually will hedge the ones that I'm losing on, but worst case scenario, even if I don't hedge it, I'm still, you know, within two or three credit spreads, I make back my loss and now I have 10 to 20 in a row of profits. Right. So those are some of the drawdowns I've seen with credit spreads is... They're super great until they don't win. So how can I change that? Well, get paid more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I can make back my losses faster instead of, you know, taking six months to make up one loss. And then the other step is lose less. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, put some, put some measures in place and sell at the right locations and at the right timing so that I can maximize my profits. But also again, know if it's working or not so I can grab a hedge. And if it, if the hedge fails, let's say I buy puts and it goes higher when that means my credit spreads winning. So mm -hmm. I'm turning a losing trade into a break even trade. I'll take that all day long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially when you're risking a lot more. So again, um, I don't know how to get off on this huge side track, uh, tangent, but that's, <laughs> that's kind of what I do. And that's what I've come up with to kind of keep me alive. That's what kept me alive in the game long enough to learn everything else. Well, there's been a, a lot of lessons that I think you've shared with us. Uh, there's one last question that I had on here and this was, uh, kind of what you're talking about on my worst investment, and you kind of touched on it a little bit today with us. Why do new traders balk at spending money on learning? Why are we all afraid to commit, like even like a small amount, like $500 for a class? Like, 
why are we afraid of doing that when we're willing to go lose five times, 10 times that amount over a short period of time? Yeah, I think it has to do uh, this. It has to do with that same mindset of the reason why we won't cut losses for small losses, because for us, we have the perspective of if I win, if I gain money, I'm a winner. If I lose money, I'm a loser. So I can learn this stuff on my own. And if I spend that on something, that means I've lost money for no reason when I can just learn it. Right. Uh, So it's kind of that same mindset, at least over the years that I've seen. Because I had that same mindset. It was $1,000 for one hour with Jeremy Newsom. Yeah. And I was like, I just, nah, I've got 30000 in my trading account. I can do this on my own. And instead I lost hundreds of grand, hundreds of thousands of dollars because I didn't want to spend a thousand bucks. Right. Right. And it's just, it's human nature, I guess. But if you can start thinking differently, starting with investing in yourself, mm-hmm. I promise you that $500 is well spent meeting with someone or taking a course that someone's gone through, right? That's and and showing you what not to do. Like my credit spread course, it's 500 bucks. But that credit spread course, if I can teach you one thing of what not to do, and it saves you $3,000 worth of losses, that's worth it just in that. Right. And if you can change your mindset and start thinking as wins, right? Losing small is a win. Yes. Changing the way you think it's going to help you in your trading. And it's also going to speed up your process because that thinking right there is the exact reason why you're going to fail in trading. Yeah. Well said. Uh, speaking of the courses, man, what, what do you have to offer? Man, I thank you so much. I want to do something special. <laughs> and I, I always want to go above and beyond. So what I'm doing here is uh, reallifetrading.com slash Tony Pollock, uh, P-A-W-L-A-K. And they'll be posted. If you grab a course off of that, that's just a web page that has all of my courses on there. Um, it takes me about two to three years to make one course, by the way. So oh, wow. I only put things out that it's going to completely change your life. And if if it doesn't pay for itself, I want you to email me and I will give you a free $1,000 coaching session to figure out what you're doing wrong. Because everything I'm giving out is what I do every day to make money. But if you grab any one of my courses, I'm going to give you a four-week mentor group with me. That's normally about a $2,000 value that I charge for that. So four week mentor group going over, instructing you of exactly how to make money for an entire month. So spend a couple hundred dollars and get $2,000 worth of a mentor group. That's one way to change people's thinking, right? Yeah. (laughs) You get some free. Just buy your ticket into the room. Um, Because not only will will the information in that course set you up for success, but I'm going to hold your hand and walk you through it for the next four weeks to make sure that you're utilizing it correctly and and helping you through whatever stumbling blocks might be in your way to help you use those as stepping stones to get you forward. So yeah, any course you want, grab it and you're, you'll get automatically in. So if someone's listening to this like three years later, it's going to start fall 2023. Yeah, um, yeah. If, if someone's listening three days later, you will get all the recordings from that mentor group sent to you as soon as you get the course. Oh, so, that's amazing. It'll all be on your real life trading dashboard. It's the same place that our courses are located. Um, so whenever you get the course, you'll, you know, it's free. You just get on the dashboard. It just holds everything in one place for you. You'll get all those recordings there if you're listening to this in a couple of years. So I'm going to just keep passing out all the recordings. It doesn't matter. It's not something you have to be here live for. But if you do get a chance to get this early and you can be there live for four weeks, it's going to be epic. So, when does that start? Um, that is going to start, I'm going to give it a couple months just to okay, let, good. give it a little bit of a room for people to be able to listen to this and sign up and do all that stuff. But it'll start in the fall, um, around October. That's amazing. I love that. Uh, anything else you want to, to say before we wrap this thing up? 
Man, um, I feel like I've just been yapping this whole time, but oh, one one thing I want to say of a podcast, is, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess if I could leave anything with this is realize there is no easy path. Um, it is going to take more than you think, and it's going to take a little bit longer than you expect. Yeah. But when I for expectations kill kill dreams, um, because I expected myself to be a successful trader in three months, and it my entire journey took you know, three or four years. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so just give yourself more patience. What's a, what's a best way that you can learn patience is to start with being patient in the learning process of trading. Yeah. Somebody else met, said, uh, use this analogy. Like when you go start working at like AutoZone, like you can't just go up to the store manager and be like, I want to be the GM. Like, dude, change a tire or two first. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you got to yeah. put some work in, you got to learn the job. Like this is a new career path. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. It's a career. Yeah. And it's a skill set and anyone can learn it. But don't it's, expect to be good at it right out of the gate because it takes time. It takes time. And, you know, anyone can make money. It's who can keep it. Yes. Yeah. It's it's all about the hundred trades. So mm -hmm. and think about the bigger picture. This one trade doesn't matter. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. Start thinking differently. Be different. Be the 10%, not the 90. Yeah. And if you can do that, you will make it in these markets. It's just sticking in the game long enough to get it. So again, appreciate you. Thank you so much for letting me be here and, and chatting with me. I had a blast. Tony, this has been phenomenal. Uh, hopefully we can try to figure something out to get you back here again soon. Yeah, be happy to. But unfortunately, that does mean though that we have come to the end of our time. But don't be sad. Check out reallifetrading.com slash Tony Pollock. Uh, or the YouTube channel uh, at Real Life Trading. If you want to learn more about what Tony has to offer aspiring traders, we will be back soon with another exciting episode. But until then, slap that five-star rating on the wrist like it's Bostic violating the blackout period again. Take care. <laughs> Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.
Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.